Tonight, Trump trying to put the nail in Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' campaign coffin. Politico is reporting that the former president and his team are beefing up their efforts in Iowa, hoping to knock DeSantis out of the presidential race once and for all and early. Trump announcing a series of events in Iowa starting Wednesday and then three more stops in the coming weeks. So he is going to be there a lot. It comes as he's been going after DeSantis over a six-week abortion ban that the Florida governor has championed. I think what he far. did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake. Jeff Zeleny is out front with why this answer is not sitting well with some important Iowan voters. The fact that Trump is leading in polls, he is, um, but you can't take it for granted. There's so many unknowns with Trump right now. For all of the unknowns in the Republican presidential race, Pastor Mike Damastis does know this. Donald Trump's grip on many evangelical voters in Iowa remains firm, for now at least. There's a loyalty with Trump and uh, people that follow him that you can't just peel that away from some. But I think that many people in the evangelical community right now are, are willing to hear from other people. Whether Iowa Republicans are willing to hear from or actually vote for, one of Trump's many challengers is the question. The answer could rest inside Iowa churches, where evangelical voters hold considerable sway, and candidates are going to great lengths to win them over. But the former president's latest comments on abortion, calling a six-week ban a terrible mistake, gives Damascus pause. For evangelicals, there are probably four issues that matter. Life is usually right at the top. You know, I know most people the way that they evaluate presidential elections is what the gas price is. That's it. But for an evangelical, no. Four months before Iowa opens the Republican presidential contest, nuances on abortion policy will be at the center of the debate here. We ask all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis stood in the middle of a prayer circle during a weekend visit to the Fort Des Moines Church of Christ, where Damastus is pastor. It's part of the campaign's pressing appeal to Christian conservatives. Our rights are endowed by God. They do not come from the government. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott has long been highlighting his faith, often weaving in Bible verses on the campaign trail. Hallelujah. Thank you, by the way. Thank you. Truth uh, will set you free, John 8:32. With fall harvest season soon at hand, a fresh sense of urgency hangs over the race. While many Republicans are hoping for a fresh start, I think we need new leadership. So I'm eager to see that happen. A deep Trump loyalty remains among evangelicals. I love everything he stands for. Sally Hoffman sees and hears both sides. To me, it's huge to have three U.S. Supreme Court justices during his term. I, I'm a big pro-life proponent. I like what a lot of what Trump has done in office. Um, his personality concerns me a little bit, but I like what Nikki Haley's doing. I like um, DeSantis, too, so kind of in that range. In 2016, Iowa's evangelicals made up nearly two-thirds of Republican caucus attendees and helped lift Ted Cruz to victory over Trump. While hardly a monolith, these are the voters who could slow or solidify a Trump march to the nomination. For now, Damastus echoes the sentiment of some others, saying he's undecided, waiting and watching. Trump, with all the litigation that's going on, what's going to happen with that? What's the future? Is he going to receive a felony conviction or not? It does wide open the race for everybody, and, uh, and I think that's why a lot of these people are still in it.
Now, Senator Tim Scott is making faith a central part of his campaign. In fact, he will be beginning a Faith in America town hall momentarily here. Now, former President Donald Trump will also be arriving in Iowa on Wednesday, beginning to test the resilience of those evangelical voters. But Aaron, for now at least, the race in Iowa is a furious one for second place. All right. Thank you very much, Jeff Zeleny. And now Republican Congressman Ken Buck of Colorado. He is a member of the House Freedom Caucus and just wrote a Washington Post op-ed titled, My Fellow Republicans, One Disgraceful Impeachment Doesn't Deserve Another. A lot to ask you about, Congressman, but let me just start with this reporting we just heard from Jeff Zeleny uh, and talking about evangelicals. Do you think that this race really is wide open like the pastor uh, in Jeff's piece just said? Uh, I don't think that it's a foregone conclusion that Donald Trump is going to win this race. I think that Ron DeSantis needs to finish first or second and be the alternative to Donald Trump and see what happens down the road to see if the votes solidify uh, in his favor. Um, I also think that Nikki Haley is, is moving in the polls, and, and if she's in the top three, I think that her uh, chances are, are better um, down the road. I really think once you get rid of some of the candidates who aren't uh, doing well after, the after Iowa and New Hampshire, then you're going to start to see uh, really how, how much of a lead uh, Donald Trump has. All right. So you think it, it could continue past those two states, which I think is significant in and of itself. You know, Trump was asked yesterday on NBC about his conversations with Republicans about the Biden impeachment inquiry. And I just wanted to play a short part of that exchange for you. Here it is. Did you talk to your Republican allies on Capitol Hill and say you should support this? No, I don't have to talk. They're more proactive than I am. They think it's terrible. Uh, and then, you know, he went on to say, you know, as they think it's terrible, they think I was treated very unfairly, right? He was, he was saying that this was about, uh, you know, him and what had happened to him. Do you think that's the, what this inquiry is all about? It is about payback for Trump? I think for some members it's about payback, or at least uh, part of it is about payback. I also think that Hunter Biden's actions are very suspicious, and I think people are uh, really wondering whether they tie uh, to uh, Vice President at the time, Vice President Biden. Um, I, I think there's plenty of evidence uh, that's there. There needs to be more, in my opinion, but uh, I can see why some of my fellow members have, have decided that impeachment's appropriate at this point. Um, but you're very clear that you didn't. You at this point don't see that evidence, uh, and, and you don't think that it would be appropriate at this time. Um, why, why do you think they're doing it now? You know, our K file had uncovered a clip of uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, back when the shoe was on the other foot, uh, saying, and I quote him in 2019 when the Democrats were going ahead with impeachment, uh, "This is the day the nation is weaker uh, because uh, they're doing this," and he continues to say they don't even have a budget. And here we are uh, facing a shutdown, not no budget. And yet uh, McCarthy is going ahead and, and doing this. Um, you floated the motion to vacate uh, to vacate his speakership in May. Now you hear things like this. Do you still stand by that? I, I'm sorry, I missed what you said. I floated a motion. To you vacate. floated the motion for McCarthy to vacate in May. Do you still stand by that? I, I have not uh, said that I think that uh, there will be a motion to vacate or that uh, I would vote for a motion to vacate at this point. I do think that uh, Kevin McCarthy, the only way to get rid of the issue that he's facing, trying to make sure the government doesn't shut down, is to have uh, Democrat votes. And if he gets Democrat votes, that's going to uh, really uh, start the whole motion to vacate process. So, 
let me ask you something about where you stand on, on the spending bill. There is a short-term spending bill on the table uh, that McCarthy hopes to get buy-in. You know, you talk about Democrat votes, uh, you're also uh, buy-in from across your party. He can only afford to lose, in fact, four Republican votes. More than a dozen members of your party, though, have already publicly said that they are against the plan uh, as it still as it stands, right? And we're, we're coming up quickly against this deadline uh, to fund the government. Um, are you, where do you stand on the, on this right now? Are you in that 12 or 13 or do you support it? Uh, no, I am opposed to uh, the, the spending bill, as, the continuing resolution as it exists right now. I think uh, it, it in essence cover, uh, cuts 0.03% uh, of the federal budget, um, of the discretionary side of the federal budget. Um, I am uh, absolutely opposed to that. We need to get to pre-COVID numbers if we're going to right this ship. And uh, those numbers are not large enough for, for my, uh, my support. All right. So, so you're, you're with that more than a dozen publicly. Uh, now you are publicly against. Are we looking at a shutdown then, Congressman? No, I hope we don't get to shut down. I hope we actually sit down and, and do what we need to do, and that is uh, work on this and get to the numbers that we need to get to. I, I, I think a shutdown would be a bad thing, but I think we will uh, ultimately uh, resolve this before September 30th. All right. Well, hopefully that will be the case. And I appreciate your time, Congressman. Thank you.